0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Department 12 podcast, where we talk about everything IO Psych. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Butina, and joining me today is Raul Alejandro Espino. How are you today, Raul? I'm doing great
1: here in, in Spain. A little sun, not much, but really good. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. There's some sun uh,
0: in, near Pittsburgh where I live as well, but probably not quite as warm as where you are.
1: Actually, it's a cold, but oh, a really? minutes, okay. it's not for me. It's starting winter.
0: Okay. then uh, that's kind of what we're here to do today is we want to learn, uh, especially learn a little bit more about IO psychology in the Spanish-speaking world. Uh, so maybe we could just start by going all the way back to your
1: childhood. Do you mind sharing sort of where you grew up? And- yeah, of course. Uh, well, Ben, thank you for having me. I actually was born in Panama. Panama City. I'm from the capital Panama, which is a little country in Central America, not South America, Central America. Um, Maybe you have heard it because of the canal, Panama Canal. Or Panama Canal. I think Panama
0: City is also where reggaeton originated, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, you got it right. It's not Puerto Rico. (laughs) It's Panama. We got a debate on that, but
0: it's good that you have it. (laughs) I think it so, was in Panama like 10 years before it got to Puerto Rico, if I, if I understand it, right. it correctly. yeah, Yes. Well, let then, me ask you another cultural question. Just It might sound kind of funny, but I always ask, do you
1: remember losing your first tooth? Oh, hmm, that's actually a pretty interesting question. Um, I, the only thing that I actually remember, not my first, but I remember that I l- did lose my tooth uh, when I was in school. Like eating a Dorito, you know, like a Dorito chip. And I remember that because like I started bleeding like quite a lot. And I was maybe in fourth grade, maybe, fifth grade. And okay. it was really traumatic for me because um well I didn't expect it. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think the first one I remember, but I do okay. remember that one. You know, there's a trauma there. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. I don't know. <laughs> Did your, did your
0: parents do anything that you recall special with lost teeth? Mm,
1: not really, but I did receive my money when I put it in the, in the pillow. I don't remember that. Okay. So you put your tooth under a pillow? Yeah. Oh, it, okay. It, it didn't have the fairy thing, but we, somehow I got money from it. Okay. All right. <laughs> no fairy, but money. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So as Roval shared, uh, Panama is in Central America, not South America. Pretty close. It's just north of Colombia and just south of Costa Rica if your geography is a little rusty. And growing up in in Panama, did you know anything about IO psychology or I guess what were your impressions of, um, you know, what were your impressions of, of psychology in general when you were a kid?
1: Uh, well, when I graduated from high school, I I studied science and arts. So that's, I, I had the option of either studying a science bachelor's or, or an arts bachelor's. Like, I think that's how you call um, the, when I was young, I was actually very lost into careers and what I wanted to do. I had no professional orientation. I think that's one of the things that I, Actually, that, that got me into psychology, professional orientation and um, personality evaluation, like, how can you match your personality to a career? But at the, at the beginning, I really didn't have any kind of knowledge on that. So my dad kind of stepped in. He was, he was a, well, he is an engineer, a very successful engineer in Panama. And um, he specializes in occupational health and safety. So... Uh, the moment that the the Americans left Panama and, you know, they had the canal and they give it to Panama, all these security occupational things that they were doing in the canal kind of were new to Panama. So he was working in the canal. So he had like a a lot of opportunities starting up in that area. So he was very adamant for me to study an engineering bachelor's, right? Because Mm -hmm. He kind of said that if you want to make money, you should study engineering. So since I was lost and had no idea what to do, I kind of followed that advice. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I call it advice, but he actually <laughs> kind of said, like, <laughs> I could help you if you study this, right? Yeah. <laughs> advice with an incentive. <laughs> exactly. I, uh, he wanted me to be like him, right? To To excel in the engineering world. And well, I didn't actually took a leg to engineering. I started studying industrial engineering. I actually did like two and a half years of industrial engineering, but I found engineering li- r- literally really boring. Like I have nothing against engineering, but it was just not my cup of tea, you could call it. And mm. well, since I started to, to travel a bit, to know a bit about myself more, I read quite uh, different books, like Karjun actually influenced me a lot. Um, um, I love Junian books because it kind of uh, forced you to explore yourself, explore your personality especially. And well, I didn't actually found that I love psychology until I was around maybe 24. Um, so right now I'm 31. <laughs> so it wasn't that far, but for me, it feels like a lifetime. Um, when I, when I started studying, like I, I said, okay, so I don't want to study engineering, I want to study something that I love. And now I kind of have the means, like I started working in different multinational companies. I I actually, my, most of my experience is as a corporate trainer. So since I was very good with languages, I, I actually have my C1 in English. I studied English in Canada for a year in Vancouver, okay. so I was able to to practice a lot of of the language. And I actually I graduated from an Italian school, so I do have my B two in Italian, and I'm actually trying to get back into it here in Spain, so I can get more opportunities. But um, the the thing that I found most intriguing about psychology, especially at the beginning, because I did my bachelor of science in psychology, um, is that it it forced me to kind of uh, understand myself better, and that's certainly not an easy thing, especially if you maybe you have gone all your your youth kind of like passing through life, right, like numb yeah. to reality, so. One of the most important aspects that I found of psychology is that I like the way of how you can learn about yourself and still apply that to helping others and then eventually helping organizations as well to kind of understand the aspects of personality per se, because I do have a certification in the Big Five. That's actually my favorite uh, personality Evaluation. I got that um, certification from the University of Toronto in the Big Fives. And I learned a lot just with the aspects of personality. And that expanded my knowledge into the world of organizations, especially because since I was a trainer, I, I applied my psychology knowledge to, to teach better, to help others understand better. I used to work for... Um, you know, a call center. And I actually worked there for a while. And I was taken to Sarasota, Florida to train and everything. So after that, I, I then got to a big multinational company. Uh, I think you may know it as a Tetra Pak. You know Tetra Pak? Yes. Yeah, it's a, it was a very enlightening experience for me because it kind of showed me how organizations that really care about human resources, like uh, on the training side, on well-being, so that was kind of new to me. So I really got in love with that. After I finish my bachelor's, i I study a few postgraduate degree. I'm actually also a professor in undergraduate degree. So I do. Uh, I thought, like corporate psychology was called in panama corporate psychology 1 corporate psychology 2 and i did my postgraduate in psychometrics so i i apply like all of my psychological knowledge to the statistical world and i like fall in love with it because i saw like the real science behind psychology and then i also did a postgraduate degree in occupational health and safety, right, the kind of came came full circle. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) what can I say? And actually, um, I kind of apply. Also, you know, like the certification, like ESO certification Mm -hmm. um, of uh, preventing psychosocial risk, I got, like, really into that, and then applied the psychometric knowledge on that. And well, a few years back, I finished my postgraduate on higher education and well, now I'm actually studying my, my master's, which is actually my first real master's and in Spain, that's, uh, in, um, how you say in English, it's direction and management of human resources. So it's kind of a special Mm -hmm. MVA specialized in like strategic human resources, like I really fall in love with multinationals. And I really wanted to work for the best kind of companies that I could. Yeah. And, and yeah, well, that's kind yeah. of a real, real summary. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, thank you. Your, your background is fascinating, and you have such an interesting sort of combination of, of interests. Um, I wonder, could you tell us a little more about IO psychology in the Spanish-speaking world? And maybe we could start with what it's actually called, because I'm 100% certain it's not called psychology.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got that right. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of a mission match, right? Uh, some universities call it uh, occupational psychology. Some others call it industrial, or others, like the ones that I work at, call it corporate psychology. But it's actually kind of a naming issue. I remember your podcast <laughs> kind of... <laughs> all the different kind of names that we use. But yeah. in, in Panama is way more confusing because like a psychologist working at an organization is kind of confusing to some people, especially do they fit in human resources? Do they fit in occupational health? Do they fit in like in a global kind of evaluation kind of setting? And it's like a combination of everything. But um, in in the in the aspects of in panama exactly i actually got really into corporate psychology let's call it <laughs> for sake of name um thanks to my mentor like my thesis mentor i did my okay. thesis on burnout syndrome i did a i evaluation of the burning syndrome kind of standardized it in panama you know uh, okay. you got all the tools but you got to do the factor analysis validity and everything so i did all that cute stuff And it was very interesting because, well, most people in my university graduates with practice, like professional practice, like you work in a company for a few, like, like a lot of hours, (laughs) and then you do like a small, like a small thesis of what you did. And usually not a lot of people do evaluation kind of side because the, well, at least in my university, the statistical side was really lacking. So. It was kind of more of a humanistic or clinical kind of point of view. A lot of people tend to study psychology to maybe teach um, little children or in schools or clinical, of course, 80% clinical, you could say. Um, and the corporate side of psychology was, was kind of like a, like a very, um, I would say, rare kind of specialization and I really fall in love with that because my thesis uh, professor really he he works for one of the biggest um, hospitals in Panama as human resources leader director so I kind of said he he showed me that you can you can be a corporate psychologist and still work in direction of human resources and he has like a very cool background because Uh, I find it very um, interesting to apply the knowledge of corporate or organizational psychology to the area of human resources. I bet you do know that we do have, like, kind of a correlation of that world, of the human resource world, but we we kind of tend to, like, put it more um, in the front of of administration, maybe, or, um, but... I do feel like if you separate yourself from the kind of only administration side, recruiting side, which is the, the things that I'm kind of learning more now because then my experience is more on the organizational uh, instead of the industrial side, mm-hmm. but I do feel like I had a lot of tools to make everything better, right? Because I yeah. was, I, I look myself as a scientist. Especially because I love psychometrics. So, a lot of psychologists tend to see tests as something secondary. I kind of did the opposite and um, became like a personality psychologist. Like, um, I was so in love with the big five that I, I started to, to work also in a clinical setting as a professional orientator. Like, I helped kids understand the difference between the careers and their personalities.
0: Mm, Okay. I
1: did did tests like career code. Maybe you have heard of that Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. And the big five, I got a bunch of them. I did apply the big five and I standardized it for Panama population. So I kind of had that in my back pocket always. And I love doing that. So cool. I love it. Yeah. well, that's kind of the thing that separated yeah. maybe from the other psychologists in, in my setting, you could say.
0: Yeah, very, very cool. Um, here in the U.S., if I were to go out on the street mm-hmm. and ask the next 10 people I meet what IO psychology is, probably, <laughs> realistically, maybe one would have a guess. And the other nine would have no idea what I was talking about. That, that's my guess. I, I wonder what would happen, um, if you did the same thing in, in Panama or, or maybe some of the other countries that you worked with, you know, like Argentina, Chile, Paraguay, and so on is, is the profession known among ordinary people or is it very obscure?
1: Well, if I would take a statistical guess. I will say that maybe 20, like one in 20 could actually give you that answer. Um, because, well, psychology, especially in Latin America country. And I could say, especially in Panama is, so we are a very small country, right? So we have probably one career of each, right? So in other bigger countries like Argentina, like Chile also. You can actually study a bachelor's in occupational psychology. Like, you have oh, your bachelor's specialized okay. in that. And, well, in Peru, in Ecuador, they also have that. I have also been uh, there a few times. And in Panama, we, we don't. We ca- you kind of have to build your own career. You kind of have to pick one and then something to specialize yourself. Because in, in this setting, people don't really understand anything that has to do with corporate psychology, they usually see you either as a human resources or as a clinical psychologist, right? Yeah. I'm not a clinical psychologist, but they kind of see it that way because people, they don't really involve themselves into the details unless you're actually studying. And even if you're actually studying that, I know a lot of people that graduated from psychology and really don't know... How to apply that to a corporate settings, and that's why when I started teaching, I tried to imply, like, add that to my university. My I'm a master where I graduated. To I also did a lot of uh, public relations, like I did the conference of on psychometrics and on corporate psychology and how we can differentiate ourselves from other psychologists, other professionals, like human resources majors, or maybe uh, just general psychologists and even thought people usually like correlate psychology with with mental health and only. And actually like maybe applying tests, we have a lot of tests that you know, are not really stylistically viable, you could say, <laughs> you know, like probably the Rorschach test and, you know, that, like drawing and, you know, all that kind of cute stuff that I... Yeah, actually, the projection and, tests. Yeah, which I don't, I don't, I actually don't find anything wrong with that. May may have a place, but it's not a scientific method. And that's what I kind of really love to involve myself into. And a lot of people in psychology, probably study psychology because they don't like the sciences. Right. (laughs) And, you know, so it's not that easy. Um, and I do love the sciences. So maybe that's one of the aspects that actually make me kind of have to be like, learn myself, like I have to do it my own way because, um, find my own tools. Right.
0: Yeah. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, you talked about, you know, doing it your own way, finding your own tools. Um, you yeah. talked about you know standardizing the Big Five for Panama and some other work. I, I wonder, how much of the research literature can you access in Spanish? Um, you know, when you look at you know, the kinds of articles that you're looking at now for your masters or, or other research articles that you've used in your work? Do you find that there's a large body of research that's in Spanish, or do you find that you're mostly relying on your English language skills for reading research?
1: Well, one of the things that actually helped me, like working in a multinational setting, since I was very involved with people from other countries, like, like you said, Argentina, and Paraguay, Uruguay, uh, is that I, I got to talk with a lot of different people that were involved probably in that area, but also not. So I kind of learned a bit from different countries as well. When I did my research, I did have the advantage of being very good at English. So if I wanted to find something, I'll probably find it in English first because I know it will be a pain to find in Spanish. Maybe I'll find one or two. I'm not saying that you cannot find it. You can always find... um, but. Unfortunately, the quality is not the same. The standards are not the same. Um, a lot of now these scientific articles you find are not really that well done, but that's just my opinion, I would say. Um, but in Spanish, you even have like a lower bar, but it doesn't mean they're not good ones. I'm, I have found a lot of good ones, um, but they're not that common as you can find easily in bunch of all the research um, tools you can find in English and also the, how I applied everything that I did. I usually could find all the tools that I needed in English easily and then since I'm good at translating, I could use it uh, in my setting. But you, you can find, yes. But if you only know Spanish, like most, for example, most of my students, they were not that good an, at English or most, most of my colleagues were also not that good at English. Um, it was a little difficult for them to find so many tools um, because of the language barrier. But yeah, you, you, you can find, and there are very good ones and very good researchers and very good occupational psychologists and very good psychologists in general. But I would say it's, yeah, it's way more difficult. Even if now we can also say that most of the social sciences are also kind of like not the same quality, and maybe maybe they used to be. Um, but you can find everything, and I would say that I do love reading research, but I usually find it first in in English. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah I've noticed, and, and I wonder if it's. I wonder if it's a genuine slipping of standards or whether it's just the proliferation of low-quality journals that mm. has led to that. Because I know what you mean. I have found articles where I scratch my head and I wonder, Is that like, correct? how <laughs> yeah. could this possibly have gotten through any kind of peer review?
1: Especially um, from
0: doctors, right? Because, mm-hmm. whoa. <laughs> I'm
1: like, God. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you do a research and then you dedicate four or five years of your life to a research, uh, doctoral research, and then you find out that, uh, well, you are not very good, you could say, <laughs> and it's not correct. Well, I mean, are you going to do? Like, you lose a lot of years. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there's a <laughs> kind of bias there or kind of, I have no idea. Yeah,
0: I mean, like a <laughs> sunk cost bias, you know, if you've put in all that time uh, in a field, you, even if you're not very good at it you're probably not going to turn back and and try a new profession exactly Um, yeah it's yeah it's baffling um I, i noticed a couple of of really key similarities between your experience and my experience in the united states so most people um similarly here i think have um when they hear the word psychologist or psychology they immediately think of mental health and when they hear you know that you're a psychologist that works in business they imagine that you have you know a a consultation room somewhere and people are laying down on couches on their lunch breaks and telling you about their problems um the sort of distinction between io and human resources is also very much a thing here Mm -hmm. um and i've noticed at least on social media there are a lot of io psychologists that are that are very quick to point out that they don't work in human resources um, as if you know that's that's a really problematic thing. Uh, I've worked yeah. in on human resources teams for for most of my career as a practitioner, and they're some of the Do best you know. people I know. So I'm yeah. I'm not in that camp, but I wonder if there is some kind of uh, stigma around human resources in in Central America the way that there might be in the U.S. And, and the stigma I'm referring to specifically is the idea that like. Human resources pretends that they care about you as a person, but they really don't. They're just there for the company, that kind of thing. I wonder if that's a widespread um, misconception.
1: Well, I, I, I really think you are on the right point on that one, because in, at least in Panama, um, human resources seems to be really disconnected from psychology. Main- you can see in the job openings like uh, either human resources bachelor or uh psychologist like they they put it like it's the same um it's not really the same it's uh at least in the bachelor's um a lot of the the careers are very clinical like very clinically focused so we don't it's really um like the the areas of the occupational side are really lacking so I, I don't mm-hmm. know the for example I think we should learn a bit about the legal side of like when you hire someone and all those aspects and those are things that I really didn't learn in the in my psychology bachelor's but sure, I guess yeah. kind of like um we we got like four different aspects of psychology like community psychology um clinical educational and then the corporate psychology side but I do feel like the the one lacking the most is the the corporate one. But what you said is very important because if you see the distinction of human resources and how they learn in their in their career, they do a lot of like a more it's more comparable to maybe a uh mini- like business administration kind of mm-hmm. uh, bachelors instead of a psychology kind of bachelors you could say and then the the aspect that i feel is really touchy is the evaluation side like it's Mm -hmm. it's not the same being an evaluator (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i actually studied that for a long time right and like someone from human resources can just put a software and and you know it gives you all the 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 results but how can you actually interpret like interpret that in a useful and maybe professional way like um, I, I could say that's something that I could like put my, my foot in but uh, other than that you, you do are more involved in the corporate side if you study like something related to human resources because at least in my country the psychology part is very clinical and we do a lot of psychopathology and we do a lot of evaluation in the well in both sides like projective and then a little bit of psychometrics mm-hmm. but um where i studied my my postgraduate was another university the bachelors was way more focused on the corporate side because we were in the uh, human development like a uh, bracket right you could say okay. there's like a school mm-hmm. and in the my other university we were under the socials not the Health sciences, right? Like with nursing and nutrition and, okay, and yeah. medicine. And you know, they put us with them. And in the other one, they put us with, with the more, more business kind of, 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 careers, right? So I would say that that actually influenced a lot on how the, the bachelor's is built, like the curriculum. Is yeah. Built, right. So it is a difference. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, this has been absolutely fascinating and I've learned a lot. Can I close things out with another fun question? Sure. Go ahead. If I find myself in Panama someday, which I would like to do, what is the thing that I need to eat?
1: Hey, that's a very good question. Well, I will recommend you to go to um, uh, Sabores del Chorrillo. Okay. And you can eat the, like a fried um, fish with a plantain, like fried plantains, patacones, mm. call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is my favorite food. Like, and you can have a ceviche and a really cold beer, and that's heaven. You Sounds love good. It. So just let me know. <laughs> <How are you? laughs> (laughs)
0: Absolutely fantastic. I would love to do that someday. And if I do, I will definitely tell you, Roald, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show.
1: My pleasure, Ben. And let's do this again sometime.